Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or evening, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Deep Meaningful Conversations with Claire Faye Barnard and with Sasha Aliskasilembo. Today, we're going to be talking about something really personal. Um, we're going to be sharing a really deep and dark-seated time of our lives. And I, I think you guys know where this is heading to. We're going to be talking about mental health and depression. And um, we're going to share how we've actually been able to deal with it and how we've been able to be there for one another and support one another in what we're dealing with. Um, yeah. So I don't know if there's anything you'd like to add, Claire. Uh, yeah, so we're going to get quite personal in these kind of things. Um, we're going to be speaking a lot about depression. Um, like, just for full disclosure, uh, I have uh, major depression. And um, I also have another, like I guess, mental illness called cyclothymia, which is basically the baby version of bipolar. <laughs> no one yeah. likes that word, the BP. But I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's um, I, I want to prove that it's not the scary thing and it's not what it is supposed to be stigmatized as and it is definitely 100% treatable um, if you have the right help yeah, yeah. and um, another thing that I'd like to mention as well is that um, having having depression or um, asking for help in any sense, like if you're not coping with anything or if you find life overwhelming, does not define who you are. Yeah. It does not define you as weak. And it's actually it important not to get that you. professional help. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it's, it, it's incredibly important. Yeah, so I think you can just kick, kick it off with like what, like what it is that um, you uh, were going through, how it is that it came to be, and how it is that you were able to discover that, okay, right, right now I'm just going through depression and I'm going through something really difficult and I'm, I'm not too sure what it is and how to go about it. So, um, when I left high school, not, not that my high school years were great, but I mean, I had depression in high school, but it, it didn't get really bad until I became an adult. When I left high school and I started working, so I had to work and study at the same time. I entered a um, environment where there was mostly either Afrikaans white people, which are quite racist in themselves, or uh, just a like I want to say a melting pot of different tribes from Africa. So you had Pedi and you had Kosa and you had uh, Zulu. So I mean, you had a lot of different cultures um, of uh, African tribes. So um, I actually experienced a lot of racism from the Afrikaans white people. Um, I was also the only white person that wouldn't call uh, um, the other black people by their slave name. I would go out of my way and like even if it took me longer, I would memorize their names and how to say correctly because I just felt that was more respectful. Um, but because yeah. because I'm white and because I'm English, it's most not racism against like other white people. You understand, even though it's yeah. completely racist. So um, I experienced a lot of racism, and I had very few friends because of that. And um, you know, I didn't really have a support structure. I think that was the biggest thing. I didn't really have a support structure. I was actually a support structure for my ex who. <laughs> 
lied to me, cheated on me, stole money from me, literally, literally, literally sold my jewelry for uh, drug money. <laughs> literally. Sure do. So, um, yeah. So, like, yeah. very horrible human being. Um, at that time, I don't know about him now. I've, he's stalking me, so I've blocked him on all platforms. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically everything that kind of contributed to me being depressed. And then when I became so depressed and I reached so much trauma, I remember one day, like, I just couldn't be at work. Like, I needed to be at home. So I would take my hours off. You know, we got for like four hours a, a, a month or a week or something. And I would just always take off my hours, you know. Like, I am entitled to my hours. I'm going to take them. Uh, just like every student. But for me, apparently, it was a problem. Um, and I was also experiencing a lot of racism from this one lady called Bernice. So um, she would skin her. She would, like... Yup, 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 you know, and I was really not one of those people that yup, 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 yup. So, um, obviously, everyone only heard her side and they didn't hear my side, and obviously, like that was a falling, I should have actually said something. Um, but I remember one day, they, um, this other, so there was this one part that I was working in general x-rays and there was MRI now MRI was kind of it's like part of the x-ray department but you need like a separate like certificate to work in MRI so I we didn't really work with MRI ladies and then one of the MRI ladies called me she was like Claire what are these stories I'm hearing about you like everyone's complaining about you yada 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 and I just remember breaking I was like you know what Veron I am the worst student Wait, maybe the practice should fire me or better yet maybe I should kill myself would you like that Veron would you like it if I killed myself and then she was like oh no sorry 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 and then she hung up but from that point I remember I was broken Every single yeah. day I went to work, I was so full of anxiety. Every single day I went to university, I was so full of anxiety. I actually think that's when my cyclothymia started. Because I had had depression. I'd worked at the, in that environment for about a year where I experienced so much judgment due to my race. So I, I had experienced so much depression throughout that year. And then just the trauma that I was experiencing from the breakup with my ex, from like just oh gosh the yuppity 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 you know just behind my back you know and it's easy most to like if someone isn't part of your culture or isn't part of your race it's easy most just to say whatever you want so I think that's actually exactly. when the cyclothymia started to settle in now my mom yeah. has mental illness so I was most probably pre uh, like had a predisposition to cyclothymia it's just that that trauma that I went through threw it over the edge um yeah. yeah and it was quite a roller coaster because it's a mood disorder so i you know i had no support in in actual fact i was the one so that's around about the same time i met uh, which was my most recent ex and um he was also kind of he was a student that never worked so i was a person that was a student and worked as well so it kind of put me in this strange dynamic where I was like more adult or did more adulting than he did and um, 
that also like put strain on me a lot because I'm like felt like I was constantly pulling him like come on study so you can finish your degree come on put some effort into your work like basically holding onto a rope and like pulling him about so I was the one that was supporting him because he was just so he was so content on just playing video games all day and not doing anything so I was the one that was supporting him and then I was also the one that was being like bullied hard at work because of my race um and it, it just that cyclothymia settled in and that's like okay. it, it took me a long time to get healthy again it was overwhelming yeah. and um the traumatic oh, experience as well just just all built up and um being in a toxic relationship being in a toxic environment it all adds up mm. and um yeah what's the worst part of it all is when um you also are involved with somebody who uh is not living up to their potential uh in life yeah. and um it, it's frustrating it's frustrating because because they know what they could do to make their lives better and they know that something in their life has and to change for them to actually see yeah for them to see to, for them to actually see uh, progress in their own life and in relationships around them but they yeah. choose not to because it's much better just to feel sorry for themselves and do nothing because that's an easier option you get you get pity out of it and i, I guess that's rewarding in itself yeah and that like that also one brings me to like another point that i wanted to talk to about about being part of, like that victim mentality like oh i can't do anything yeah. you know yeah um i can't i can't like i can't move forward because something's holding me back you know and i feel like yeah. you know I've, i i have had that victim mentality a lot but i mean anyone who knows me would be like claire's a person who goes for it and she's going to yeah. If she decides something, she's not going to stop until she gets it. Um, yeah. So that's how I know you. Um, that's like how I've always that known you. Type of yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my dad and my mom, you know, everyone. And the only thing I say to that kind of thing is like, I just try my best every day. That's all. You, that's all you have. Yeah. Is your best. Exactly. So that's that's the only thing that you have control over. You have control over your own effort. Like people with that victim mentality not that i'm never had it i'm just saying that people that are in that victim mentality they they tell themselves no i can't do it because i don't have the correct shoes or i don't have whatever the case may be or i can't i haven't done this yet so they get wrapped up in this like okay i can't go forward because i i haven't got this thing or i haven't done this thing but then they don't do anything to get that thing done so they kind of use it as an excuse like oh no i can't have children because my employer says that it's not a good time for the employees to have kids uh, or something yeah. stupid like that you know if it's another child's yeah. going to make you happy and it's something that you want in your life you need to take responsibility for your own autonomy and say like i don't care my employer is going to have to pay me maternity leave anyway i am going to have a child Yeah. No, like what what you're saying is valid completely because um the only thing that you do have power is your own effort. 
and um, you can't let life is hard on everybody and um, there's always going to be struggles and there's always going to be uphill battles and that you're going to have to face and it, it it doesn't stop you from trying to achieve something because you it's always going to be there you're always going to have challenges you're always going to have roadblocks yeah. if you're going to let it if you're going if if you're not going to have the discipline to actually try and achieve what you need to achieve you're always going to be stuck in one position in your life and um you know and that's very difficult for people with depression because when you have depression you completely lack motivation but yeah. sometimes you know just like i want to say just like alexander putting the sword out of the stone like sometimes you just have to go through that stone hey because like yeah, yeah it's all good and well to say well, I'm, depressed, I'm depressed is a king is it not alexander is a king author no, alexander the great whatever didn't have to. whatever king, king anyway so like just just like how you have to pull out of this sometimes you are the sword that is stuck inside of the stone and to be pulled out like it's going to be a lot of effort you know but like to go through that stone and to come out the other end it's um it's something that people with depression have to do because people without yeah. depression or people without major depression or just very minor depression they don't understand what it's like to be in that stone like it's complete like it's you're in stone you're completely um stuck you can't yeah. move whatsoever you know yeah um and it's it's also heavy you know that that stuckness is heavy on top of you so yeah. sometimes you're stuck and you're heavy and you might not be taking medication but you have to tell yourself even though i don't want to i'm going to go off and take a run for my mental yeah. health or paint my nails for my mental health even though i've got like no motivation i've literally got to force myself and unfortunately yeah. that's the type of thing that you have to do in order to, sometimes to get out of that victim mentality um mm -hmm. because sometimes that victim mentality you know becomes so prevalent becomes so overwhelming in their life and then the depression on top of that just seals it in you know, so to try and get out, sometimes you really have to go through the stone. Yeah. Now, I know where you're coming from because, um, like, I've also gone through my deal of depression as well. Um, and it's, it's always been hard to explain to people how it is that you feel in that moment because um, very few people understand what depression actually feels like. And uh, I try to paint a picture for them. And the best way, like, I've been able to share it with somebody and they, they were able to get the picture of what depression is, is that, um, like, I, I think somebody asked me, like, what it is that I felt like, or, or they just told me just to, like, have a choice between, like, depression and, and just, like, death or depression or, like, Not hurting myself. Yeah, so like my response was that like, yeah. okay, look, you might not be able to understand, but maybe this can help paint a better picture of it. Like just imagine yourself like going to bed at night and then waking up to a text that your entire family died in a horrible fire the previous day. 
that's what depression feels like. You're starting off your day with bad news and it weighs you down the entire day. That's how it feels like. And it's almost immobilizing. You know, your entire family dying. Like, how do you, like, how do you even start? Like, how, like, what do you do when you get up? Do you brush your teeth and and go to the coroner, or like, how how do you even start? Like, it's so Precisely. difficult. Like, you don't even know where to begin. And that's exactly what depression is like. Yeah. Precisely, it's like going to bed is like um, it's difficult going to bed and getting to getting to sleep. But once it is that you are asleep, it's also difficult waking up. Uh, you just want to sleep long enough to not see tomorrow. Yeah. That's how it feels like. Um, yeah. So, like, like I, I went through my spat from, a, like, I think from a young, young age, I didn't realize it was there. But um, it happened at a very young age because I went through a really traumatic experience at a very young age where I saw my parents getting divorced and um, like unfortunately um, like the kids were being were part of the whole divorce experience and um, it was embarrassing and and was shameful and it was like a like a a, like a guilt-ridden experience that I just didn't want to be a part of or that I didn't want to share with anybody and unfortunately like you had no control either yeah and, 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 and that's that's the most disheartening part of it because like you've got no control over it but it's happening and it's just it's, it's all happening at once and it's yeah. happening for so long and it's out of your control and you don't want anybody to know about it and you don't want to share this information with people around you because obviously um, it's, it's, it's embarrassing because it was not a pretty divorce it was very ugly and it involved so many people and it involved so many traumatic moments um, so that happened and then I got into like I always thought that like the future the end goal would be better you know like okay once I get into varsity and I'm away from this then you know things will be yeah. better and then like once you're in varsity and you realize okay there's other challenges there you're like okay like once I, I start working this will be better yeah and it like it all follows you like there's just like it's like because you never dealt with that yeah yeah, because yeah. you never got to deal with that properly. If you don't deal you, with you, it, you it find challenges. Yeah. It follows you, and then like it, it like other challenges then add up, and it just builds and builds and builds yes. to the point whereby like you're not able to deal with other challenges of life, you know. And yeah. um, and that's how and that's what I mean by you like you're in the stone. There's just so much weight. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, like, uh, that's why I can understand how it is that you felt at that time. And I can also understand how it is that like the people around you as well were, were reacting to, to their circumstances because like um, th- that failure to, to approach something like having the anxiety in you, right? Cause like you shared your, your experience with anxi- anxiety and what I've seen with your experience with anxiety is that you use your anxiety as motivation to propel yourself towards your goals. That's called functional yeah. anxiety, by the way. If you can function with anxiety, it's called functional anxiety. Um, if yeah. you are a person that gets like stoned every day, it's you call it like it's functional. You can still function. So 
Yeah. It's, it's called higher functioning with uh, being stoned or being drunk every day and being able to go to work and still work. Um, but that's what it's called. It's, it's that high tolerance for to be able to function. And not everyone has it. And uh, some people have it like, you know, with anxiety. I think a lot of women especially experience uh, higher functioning anxiety. Um, but like, you know, I, I have a few friends who have higher functioning, um, just higher functioning with um, being stoned all day and then being able to go to work, etc. Yeah, like th that's that's what I've noticed in you is that you were able to do that. I had no idea that that's what it was termed, but um, it's within you to be able to use your anxiety to actually propel you towards your, the goal that you have and to use it as a driving factor just to motivate you just to keep on going. Um, but other people don't have that. You know, other people have that anxiety and, and, and they, it, it, it keeps them from achieving what they want to achieve. Like it stops them from just like yeah. being being strong enough or to gain the strength to actually like do what they need to do because there's always that, that, that cushion of, you know, yeah. there's somebody there who's stronger than me who can support me, you know, and yeah. it creates morally weak men who, yeah. let's face it, we're that will make us bad for their community you know it, like we, we we would bring down those strong people around us who are able to actually function and carry on with life because we just we can't do that ourselves you would almost just completely avoid someone that you know can function and if you're morally weak then you'll be like oh too much for me I can't do that or if you're morally weak then you might make a mistake in class or at work but because you I don't really want to say this is morally weak only but because you don't have that confidence in yourself because you never developed that in yourself you might not be able to say listen this is my mistake or yeah. like I know a better solution to this problem or something yeah no, so like you were sharing as well that um at that time you were going through a bunch of traumatic experience all at once where you were in a toxic work environment which was the hospital and then you had a toxic relationship yeah. at the very same time with your boyfriend and you also had to deal with the challenges yeah. of 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 um like like racism adulting. or adulting yeah because like you went directly oh, from yeah. high school yeah, like, to varsity working at the same time so these like a whole bunch of things were happening in your life at once yeah how is it that you came about dealing with everything did you deal did you deal with it one thing at a time um oh no i didn't deal with it at all i ignored all of it i became so bitter i became like just i changed hey like I like to say that my mind broke even it completely changed who I was as a person who I wanted to be as a person I I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I was just like who are you I can't even like I had depression in high school and I was really struggling with self-identity but when I went through all those traumatic experiences and everything, you know, I was just like, I know you're a hard worker, but what else? Like, I had literally no idea who I was, completely lost who I was. 
and yeah. I think that's because I didn't have a support structure. My parents lived 400 kilometers away from me, so they couldn't really support me. My brother, he he's a different topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't really support people. He actually just kind of takes advantage of the people around him. Um, for his own benefit and for his own gain whether he has to steal from the people in his life so that he comes out on top like my brother has stolen from me more times than I could count it and um, yeah. no it kind of makes me sad because he's my brother I wish I wish I had a better relationship with him but he's, but unfortunately he made the choice not to have all a about relationship himself. with you so obviously yeah, yeah. so like he, so he was completely and utterly completely self-absorbed and did not care about anyone else so obviously he was going through something as well but it just kind of put this wall between us where it's like okay you only care about yourself I can't even talk about myself at all in any of these conversations therefore I'm not going to have a conversation with you you know so my brother was no help whatsoever and then the rest of my family around me were extremely religious so it was kind of a case of you're struggling because you're not coming to church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's um, yeah, dude. Like, I I don't know how to go about that sometimes as well. Um, because I also have a, I would say, they're religious. Like it's a religious family, but I I, I believe from from how I was raised and from how they um, interpret religion and how they interpret their faith in you know Christianity is that yeah. they were they were brought into into this faith or in this in this religion by fear and that I was brought into this rela- faith or religion by fear and place of belonging and um, yeah. you know um, like I've I, 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 I don't I don't have the same level of faith that I did when I, I was younger. Like I, I'm not the most religious yeah. person, and I'm not the most like uh, God fearing person. Tendencies, <laughs> like yeah. if someone tells me that they're religious, I'm like almost like sixty percent less likely to share myself with Anything. them. Anything. And I have preconceived biases about people who are religious. And I know that, and I try and tell myself, no, not everyone's like that. But you know, at a certain but, point, it's just difficult. You know, if so many people fit the description, you go according to experience, yeah. and from what you experience, you've experienced um, a certain uh, approach from when it is that you share or overshare with somebody who who, who um, has got preconceived or premeditated responses to what you're going through yeah and um, so, and also who hasn't gone through something as like heavy as you have so like at sometimes. the same age someone might have just gone through university and hasn't gone through university and worked at the same time and I just want to tell for the viewers my degree needed me to work it was part of my education so it was two weeks of academics and then two weeks of practical and practical was like nine to five you know so um like it it basically didn't stop and also when you work nine to five you also work weekends as well so you basically were studying all this time and it never stopped so 
it was very difficult to try and relate with other people that um, who only did university. So they were just like, why are you tired all the time? Why don't you come to Bryce? Why don't, you know, the Lord can help you. The Lord can really help you. It's like, no, like I actually need proper licensed help. Yeah. Like professional help. And that's the thing, right? Because you don't need, you don't need to be, you don't need to love somebody to like get them like you just have to understand what, they, what they're going yeah. through you know um, and to understand what they're going but through I you have to be like... empathetic that's all like you just need to be empathetic like put yourself in their shoes yeah, yeah. and I just felt so much mm-hmm. judgment because like whenever I would share just a small portion of what I'm going through they were like oh just read this chapter and pray about it and I'm like no I need to work through yeah. it I actually need support you know mm-hmm. but obviously for a person that is getting enough support at home so they're with their mother and their father and then they go to church as well obviously the support that they think I need is just the church whereas yeah. I needed like actual like people in my life that I could mm-hmm. rely on and count on exactly and it like uh, it goes back to what I was trying to say before um like you like sometimes just to be, like to be understanding to somebody doesn't mean that you have to like know what they're going through or you should have gone through what they've gone yeah. through to be understanding you just have to be honest uh, just have to be empathetic or sympathetic towards their plight and towards what they're going through just putting yourself in their shoes and um yeah. just because you're not religious or you do not have any faith in or somebody doesn't have any faith in what you have faith in doesn't mean that they're lost or that they're misguided yeah. you know maybe they could be misguided but they could be misguided in, in a different avenue in a different thing and um like i've been incredibly religious when i was younger like i was i was much yeah, much too. more religious than what i am now and um just because i was religious doesn't mean that i had shit together like i did not have a hierarchy of of values when i was religious I was just going with the flow because like this is what yeah. I was taught and this is what I was like this this is the the faith that I've, I've been given and I have to defend it yeah and um, yeah. because of that I didn't really know or didn't really understand how it is that like like that faith or that religion could work within me to actually make me better yeah so like a lot of people say like no God will save you or Jesus will save you or Allah will save you or like just pick a pick a God any God and they're like this God will save you but you know it wasn't actually any religion that saved me it was medication that saved me getting the proper medication that actually worked with me is the thing that saved me otherwise I would have still been broken like mentally like I said that they broke me mentally like otherwise it would have still been like you know I actually even described it to my doctor like I would get like migraines here but like just here in this spot like right here um, and I'm not saying that's a third eye or whatever like don't <laughs> think that don't read is, into it uh, too much <laughs> yeah I don't read yeah. into it too much if anything it's yeah. just a pituitary gland that's here that's like working over time but you know like the only thing that made me feel unbroken was medication and then obviously having the correct support so 
yeah like if i could just share a little bit of my journey about my medication because i feel like it, it will help a lot of people um but so before you get into that depression I, uh, before you get into that like um there are some people who are able to find religion and they're able to find like the right state of mind in it because it does feed to them it, it does like it does um it does it, it does work for their life and what they're going through and it does answer their questions in life and we, we're not looking down on that we don't, we don't want to speak down on, on on how they feel or make them feel like what their faith is not valid yeah. or justified um we're just speaking from our own personal yeah, experiences yeah. yeah we're just speaking from our own personal experiences that it's not for everybody so by the way claire you yeah. were saying so about my um experience with medication like so i started off with lexamol which is basically what everybody starts off with um and very quickly because okay so this is what the situation that was happening i was sleeping for 14 hours a day plus two to three hour naps during the day so that's like more like i basically only had 10 hours a day when i was awake or not sleeping you know so um yeah, my doctor put me on Lexamol because that is an obvious sign of depression. Like, I was still functioning. I was still going to work and everything. I was just sleeping a lot. Um, but my doctor, because I had cyclothymia, she needed me to come to a psychiatric hospital. So I really didn't want to go to a psych- psychiatric hospital because I thought, oh, something's wrong with me, etc. But, I mean, I like to say it like this. When you go to psychiatric hospital with an anthill of a problem, it gets squashed and then you don't have to go back. But if you go to a psychiatric hospital with a mountain of a problem, it just decreases and often you have to go back. So because before I had gone through like four years of therapy, but I still had cyclothymia, but I had gone through four years of therapy. So I'd like brought up all these ways of like how to put in boundaries, and how I want to live my life and also increasing my own support structure. When I went to the psychiatric hospital, I only had a mountain, uh, an anthill that was squashed and that anthill was figuring out what my medication was. So I was put on mood stabilizers and I was put on antidepressants for um, major depression, which I'm actually currently getting weaned off of now. And trust me, being weaned off of medication is not fun, <laughs> yeah. especially for someone that's as, as active as I am, because like I'll feel the worst withdrawal when I'm physically active. So yeah, but going to the psychiatric hospital was the thing that really boosted me to put my men- my mental health on the map. You know, yeah, there were classes that I went to and everything, but I think the major thing was the medication, getting the medication correct enabled me to be able to you know okay so now i've got my medication correct now i feel better now i'm not sleeping all day that was also the big thing now i can work on boundaries now i can work on my past traumas now i can do all those things because i'm not sleeping all day because i'm because my mood isn't irregular all day okay well my mood wasn't irregular all day i just kind of want to explain it for people quickly Cyclothymia is when, so you'll be um, alert up until a certain point and that up until that certain point is maximum performance 
but then if you become alert too much after that your performance decreases so you will experience anxiety to a point and that's maximum performance but cyclothymia means that I can't come back down in actual fact I'll go up so anxiety plus 10 kind of thing so I, like I'm constantly running away from a lion you know I'm constantly at that like 100% like full adrenaline you know state completely stressed all the time and then the next day this is where the cycle comes in the next day I would experience a complete dip so 100% like normally it was depression so normally I'd be like super anxious or agitated or irritated and then the next day I'd be depressed and there was no way for me to come down from that agitation and there was no way for me to come up from that depression even though I was put on antidepressants that big dip because it's it's normal people's emotions go like this throughout the day but like your emotions go like this and what comes up must come down and it comes down in like a similar extremeness so yeah being put on the correct medication for that made the graph better so that if I got irritated I could still come down and not be irritated anymore and then I could say okay well the situation happened and now I'm over it and I've processed it completely and I can continue so being on the correct medication helped me with that and um, I mean it wasn't only being on the correct medication like I also had to get myself out of the stone yeah medication kind of like used sandpaper and like made some space in between the blades right but I also had to physically get out of that stone so um, a very good way to do that is doing stuff you loved and I didn't love this before I um, stopped smoking but when I stopped smoking I needed to find something that could keep my hands busy so that I couldn't call my dealer right so I started painting my nails because when your nails are wet can't call your dealer <laughs> so, smart <laughs> shout out shout out to Brooks he's like the, the way, best editor yeah. and he's like our mate as well and if, if he inserts a shrine of us praising him or, what, or whatever then you know that's him too <laughs> <laughs> wait yeah. hold on let me look at the camera yeah I give you full consent Brooks you can so, do with me what you want <laughs> yeah. yeah well so getting into something that you're passionate about so for me it was nail polish like I don't think you can go like a week on my social media without me sharing something about nail polish like I love nail polish and um, you know you just have to find something that you love something that grips your heart and you don't let go because I'm not good at nail polish there's so many more people that are so much better at nail polish than I am and I only really do basic shapes and basic layers but it's still something I love you don't have to be good at it you don't have to get good at it you just have to do it and like yeah you will get better over time but like to try and expect yourself to be good at something just out the gate is unrealistic and it's also not fun because then you take the fun out of it especially if you enjoy something and you expect yourself to be good immediately you take the fun out of getting good because getting good and making mistakes is part of the fun so like for example I'll be like okay you have to 
make sure that the edges of the nail um, tape is flesh with the nail on the edges of the nail so that it doesn't like come up and like nail polish doesn't go under there that's like part of the learning process that I had to go through in order to be able to get to where I am now which is still not very good <laughs> but still yeah I, I don't know much about nail polish but I, I, I think I learned a lot there so <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so not what, that I'll ever will apply do? like what um, but yeah, I, 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 for me, dude, like it's it's um, give and take because like I, I'm still finding out like the things that I like. Um, mm. Like I, I used to like I used to I used to like get I used to be heavy into games when I was a kid, and then like my dad didn't like it, so he tried yeah. to put an end to that. Um, and I try to get back into it as an adult and then I didn't have the time for it yeah. and then I'm trying to get back into it now yeah. um, but I'm not very good at it anymore but gaming <laughs> is I'm, a double edged sword because like you can become addicted to gaming as well so precisely. I mean that it is a double edged sword yeah. precisely which is why like and I like I like hanging out with my friends and like I, I like having moments like these where I'm able to like chat with people and share and you know um, have a conversation whereby I build myself I learn and I grow yeah. And that's something that I you wanted to do. More. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that I wanted to do and, and have. And this podcast was one of the platforms in which I could achieve um, doing something that I like and helping me feel better. And then also um, growing and also possibly even, I don't know, have, if it is that it goes well enough, have a new career path or whatever the case may be. Um, so Have like a side hustle, yeah, yeah, side hustle, whatever the case may be. Like it's it, it's something that could develop into something fruitful. Yet I'm also helping myself and my yeah. mental state. Um, so th that's also another thing that I decided to 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 do, and that's why I decided. Like I think one of the first people that I ever shared me starting a podcast with was you. You're one of the first people that I shared it with. Oh. And I've shared it with like lots of other people before, uh, like a like a, I think like a handful of people, but you were the only one who was like pushing me to do it and like pushing me in a sense yeah. of like like don't do the not like pushing me in a sense of like do this now, nigga. Like it was more like yeah. it was more like you should do this. You like, should do how it. Can you help? should do it. I will yeah, help like, you. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. How can I help? Where, where can I? Where can I be of any assistance to you? Like if there's an episode that I could be a part yeah. of, cool. If like you were helping with topics, and then you were helping with the ideas of like um like on, on, on how to like form the podcast and then you're like yeah we should probably do it yeah. next week even if it's not that great let's just do it so that at least like we, we can get our foot in the ground yeah you know and like you should hear our first podcast it was <laughs> horrific it was it, it was horrific yeah like but i had to go to the bathroom a hundred times it, it was, was horrific so but it was me. no but it was horrific but like let's be fun. honest dude like it was fun it was the most fun that like yeah. we could have we could have had being in two separate rooms in two separate cities it was really good dude and yeah. like i enjoyed it like even though it was like all over the place like it was so good that like after that podcast i was like we should do another one like right now yeah so, yeah immediately <laughs> afterwards you're like we're on fire let's do another yeah. one and i was like famo it's like 11 o'clock at night and i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, dude. No, and but yeah, no, it, it was it was a great experience. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, and like, um, like it's 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 something that has helped with like my mental state because like being around like I'm, I'm like my job is so high pressured that I'm either like working constantly or I'm at home yeah. thinking about work, you know, uh, or. And it's more difficult work. to find something that you're passionate about if you're constantly busy. Because if you don't that. already have your passion, you're kind of like throwing your your feet into like different ponds. Precisely. And you're saying, do I like this? Do I like that? But Precisely. you don't have enough time to do a lot of ponds at the same time. Precisely. And it's not only that, but like being in that type of um, field of work is that like it gets lonely because you isolate yourself. You mostly you're constantly working and you're constantly constantly trying to meet deadlines. Um, Everything is so high pressure that like um, that's all that your body is adjusted to. It's adjusted to like that high pressured life where as soon as you're up in the morning, it's like, boom, your heart starts pounding. And from all that anxiety or from all that pressure that is like weighing on you from the previous day and you have to like chase it and um yeah so so like that's the that that's a lifestyle that i live and because of that like having this moment of release comes so scarcely that um like i don't feel like i get to recharge my battery enough and um yeah so so this podcast has helped me do that it's it's helped me um not only like speak to someone who i considered my best friend or like one of my closest friends but um it also allows me to just like best friend yeah <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like you better know it <laughs> you crack my you better button. know it <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring down the door. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude. Not only that, but it also gives me the chance to just unwind, and I, I, yeah. I not only get to share it with you, I also get to share it with Brooks and to share it with like a whole bunch of other people as well online, and it helps. Yeah. So, like, during the time that I was going through what I was going through, and I think um, it was also at the same time that you were also finding difficulty in in um, your relationship with um, we got to speak to one another and we got to open up and share and it really helped in just like encouraging yeah. us um, in a sense to just uh, to choose to do better and to actively do better where it is that we felt like we felt like we could make a difference in, in our lives yeah. you know in improving our lives and um and like we never wanted this to be like something that we got famous for or whatever yeah we just we wanted something to be able to do together we and so we're actually just creating this together and working together as a form of like being together you understand yeah, yeah. So, and, and that way we get to to support one another precisely precisely and um it, it's really helped in um in in our, our mental health uh i would say i mean you, you seem a lot happier than when we first than when we first like got together like remember the first time we went out with brooks yeah yeah dude like you seem oh, yes, a lot definitely. much much happier and um so well yeah. put together dude look at you you're glowing 
and shit. Like it's like you stepped out of a oh, pool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. just the oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And um, I think like um, at the time that um, we like from that point of, of our lives until now, like I was going through a whole bunch of shit, and my life was just declining in a sense. And at the time, I was yeah. around a lot of toxic relationships that was incredibly neg- that impacted me negatively in my life and um, most recently I've seen a lot of improvement and it happened in such a short period of time and um, yeah. most of that came but from- did you get rid of those toxic relationships or did you stop putting energy into those toxic relationships I I, I, okay, I, like I stopped putting energy in one of them and then the other one I just like I distanced myself completely um, because like mm. with one was like this controlling friend of mine uh, that I, I I wouldn't want to say her name or anything like that because like it's just it's it uh, mm-hmm. like I, I don't need like a lawsuit right now I just got just got money so <laughs> <laughs> but she yeah. really like that um, she'll give you like slap you with a lawsuit no 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 I don't think so but like I I, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to test those waters let me just put it like that so yeah. it was a it was a pretty controlling relationship, and um, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't beneficial to me at all. And I, I do not begrudge of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I needed to be in that position to realize that okay, that's not what I like. Uh, the reason why I let that happen was because I I was in um, a toxic relationship of my own with other people in my life who I could not get rid of, like family members yeah. who I could not get rid of um, so there was like yeah, yeah so um, so I had to first create boundaries within those relationships and when it is that those boundaries were not accepted then walk away from it um, and then with yeah. other people as well uh, like I had like another friend of mine who was incredibly negative like this friend had built up resentment inside of them like it, it wasn't like I noticed that like like most of the time like people around this person would be happy and after a lot of interactions they'd either be just as resentful or they would distance themselves because it's just too much negative energy just surrounding this person so, like give me an example of the negative energy please um okay <laughs> dude like this person was like this person would look for shit to be triggered by so and then like after looking for shit to be triggered by send it to you so they can trigger you so like this right-wing conservative uh, like shit. via social media yeah it's like yeah. this right-wing conservative shit and uh, and it's not like this this person didn't love me this person loved me and, and wanted the best for me the absolute best you know but um they didn't realize that like um them being negative was just it was something that did not sit well with me and I didn't know how to how to engage that with that person without making them feel without triggering them in a sense because I'll, I'll try yeah and like literally like without even me wanting to like I'll just say a word that would trigger them and then it would just bring out like the worst in them yeah. you know um so like you know, it took it took a, a lot of strength for me to say, like, you know what, like, I don't think this is gonna work out. I don't think this friendship is gonna work out at all because yeah. um, th- th- it's it's led to a point whereby it feels like 
it's like a cult almost where it's like everybody around you has to be resentful yeah. because you're holding so much baggage towards you know either you know a certain family member or you know um muslims because a of this or party a certain or, political party or whatever yeah. the case may be so it got to that point and i was like okay yeah, if you're not on the same wavelength yeah yeah it's not like we weren't on the same wavelength it's just that i'm sorry it's i'm just sorry that, it was that you had to go through that no dude it's not because i think that yeah. experiences and experiences make us who we are it gives us the the tools to become better and um it, it, painful painful moments such as that um is what makes incredibly smart people yeah. and um incredibly well-rounded people you know you would not be who you yeah. are if you didn't go through the, the pain and trauma that you went through but i just i just want to touch on you um i also like how when you went through that toxic um friendship that it didn't you didn't let it change who you were it's like okay um, I don't agree with what you're saying. Therefore, you don't have to talk about that. Okay, I don't agree. Actually, I don't agree. This behavior isn't changing. I have to leave. Oh, it did it. Yeah, it did. It made me incredibly resentful. How, and how would you say it changed you? At that time, it made me incredibly resentful. Um, I think at that time as well as like I was on antidepressants. Of him or of everyone? Just of everything. Like, dude, I was like, I was like the Grinch, dude. Like, dude, I would get, I would, I would get so mm. pissed off by people's life decisions, even. I'd be like, ah, oh, dude, like the fuck, dude, like how the fuck do yeah. you look at yourself? Like, you're I don't so know. stupid. How like, can you do yeah, this? Yeah, like, I know exactly. How the fuck can you live with yourself, like doing this, this, and this with your life, and 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 not yeah. choosing better for yourself in a sense, you know? So yeah, dude. So yeah, that, that, yeah. that shit would happen throughout my life, and uh, you know, um, uh, no, not not that it would happen throughout my life. That that shit happened at a certain point in my life, and. Uh, uh, it just it made me incredibly negative and uh, volatile and uh, I had to cut it out otherwise it was going to make things I also, worse I also kind of feel like the, the thing that listeners have to remember when we're talking about this is that it's not the humans it's not that particular person's um, that we're bad mouthing we are bad mouthing the behavior that was toxic yeah, yeah. that person is not toxic their behavior is toxic and their behavior can always change and they can stop being a toxic person or having toxic behavior but unfortunately they didn't change their behavior before you had the chance to not leave you had to leave yeah just gonna have like for the sake of your own mental health and like mental well-being like um you have to be careful of the relationships that you have around you because that can have an incredible impact yeah. on them and if it is that you see red flags yeah. around you that um, either could weigh you down drain you or could influence you negatively and in a sense of like there's no return and it can happen very gradually to the point whereby you don't even realize what's happening yeah. you know, I think Claire, yeah. Claire mentioned it as well earlier on in the beginning that she had she was surrounded by toxic relationships like the boyfriend the first boyfriend the second boyfriend and um you know where the work environment as well um being incredibly toxic and, and having a negative impact on her well-being whereby whereby just triggered yeah. a trauma that you know 
she's still recovering from yeah. to, still today. Or triggered a mental illness, yeah. Yeah. So, so like the thing is people say like you know you can carry lots of things over a period but sometime you're gonna snap. Yeah. And when you snap so difficult to put yourself back together you definitely need professional help and like that's also one thing i want to just say if you think you need professional help even if you don't think you need or just thinking about it or whatever it never hurts yeah. it never hurts to go and say hey i might need help mm-hmm. never think okay you might not be able to tell your parents because they're judgmental you might not be able to tell your friends but if you need help then you should get help or if you think you need help you should get help or even if you don't need help but you want help you should get it because it's so much better to get help before you break yeah it, for us it's possible to do that right but for a lot of people mm. right they either can't afford professional help or they're yeah. young individuals who are um who are monitored or looked after by people that don't care enough about them to actually help them find that help that they need to get better. And yeah, re- all, all the help that they think they need is like religious or educational exactly. help. It's not like actual mental health. Yeah. You know? So they, they kind of get stuck in this place of like, I, I can't help myself. And because um, uh, like the reason why I thought about this is because like, I remember back when I was like, when I realized that I was depressed, you know, I, I tried to reach out to the people that I thought that cared about me and they didn't. I think the first person that I called was my father. And I was like, listen, um, I'm under in, an, an incredible amount of pressure and I'm not coping with life. I'm not coping with my mental state. And I don't know how long I can take this for. And he was like, dude, I'm at a party call your sister. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah oh, oh gosh okay yeah. <laughs> so like and Jeez. like i reached out to different people and like you know certain people can help you you know up until the point whereby it's convenient and then from there they just retract yeah or if it is that they don't care yeah. about you enough they can just like i don't know throw you like into like the wrong advice or into the wrong path yeah. You know, so you have to also be careful about who you share these type of things with. But um, yeah, like because there's definitely people that will take advantage or use the fact that you're vulnerable against them. Precisely. Yeah. And uh, or against you. Sorry. And, and and at the time as well, I couldn't afford to actually go and seek help. You know, professional help. And um, yeah, and, and we live in a country where we get free healthcare, but it's really. It's yeah. It's not up to par. It's, it's not like it's not like it's developed better. countries. Yeah. Let me just put it that way. It's not like developed countries. It's like it's yeah. not bad for a developing country, but it it, it ain't it ain't that shit that you get in America. You know, with, with that with that top notch healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know. So. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> you mean you mean Canada, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I meant Canada. Sorry, I forgot that like America lost Obamacare. Yeah. Um. In America, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and Obamacare doesn't even work for everything. Yeah, Obamacare doesn't even cover everything. So, you know, so I was going through this whole situation, yeah. and I was completely lost and misguided. And at times, even up until today, I, there are moments whereby I feel lost, 
I feel misguided. I feel a sense of needing a helping hand. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it, I, it, it creeps up on me from time to time and it comes and it goes in waves and it, sometimes it's severe, sometimes it's not. But the first, if yeah. it is that you're not able to, to get the help that you need, you know, and you can't afford the help that you need, it always helps just being honest with yourself in terms of the environment that you're in, the situation that you're in, and being honest yeah. with yourself about how it is that it affects you and how you, it is that you can react to it. Um, it. And the thing is, if being honest with yourself is like really difficult, you start off with small things. Like you start off with, I feel sad. I don't know why, and I don't know any of the other things that I feel, but I feel sad. Or I feel really upset. I'm really angry right now. I don't know why. But I'm so it starts off with those little bits of honesty to yourself, like, and that's the and that's then the first you can step. go onto the bigger pieces. That's that's exactly the first step. Yeah. And you know what? Funny enough, I got that advice from this person right here. <laughs> so um, yeah, so like it, it, it starts small. Start small, and then like build yourself up to the point whereby you can be stronger, because that's what you need. You, you don't need to but cover yourself. Start small is with everything, like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to build like this mental like, prison. Start small with your education. Or... Yeah, exactly. Like start small with everything. You know, if you're just getting into something, just start it small. Honesty with yourself. Being kind to yourself. Because like being kind was my New Year's resolution. Because I'm not kind to myself. And within the first hour of the New Year, I like failed. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like, at least I went for an hour, you know, that's the small steps. Yeah. You know, those are where the victories lie, is in the small things. Yeah. Because those small things lead to big things, but you need to start in the small things. Yes. And I want to emphasize on what you just said of being kind to yourself, because, you know, in this world where people notice your mistakes and not your efforts, it's going to be really difficult for you to be kind to yourself. You're going to be very judgmental of what you bring to the table, yeah. and you're going to be very judge. You're going to be very harsh and also, on yourself. Also, why am I not there yet? Yeah, yeah, you're going to be very harsh on yourself. Like, why am I not there yet? Like, I should already be there. Yeah, no, and you're going to yeah. be very harsh on yourself on the mistakes that you made. So, um, something that you need to just like keep in mind is that ill speak in the morning leads to a dark day. So if it is that you, you know, you, you're harshing yourself during the morning, it, it's going to stay with you throughout the day. Be kind to yourself, especially when you wake up in the morning. But even if you're, even if you are harsh on yourself in the morning, like small little steps could be like, wow, I'm actually really harsh on myself. Like not just, you, you, sometimes you can't stop the thought, but what you can do is you can realize the thought and be like, wow. Yeah. I'm actually really harsh on myself yeah. and the thought can stop there yeah. that that little piece of honesty maybe that's all you get throughout the week yeah. you know but it's those little steps it's like wow I'm not kind to myself because mm-hmm. maybe you know a lot of the things that I struggled with when it came to negative self-talk is that when I wanted to get out of negative self-talk I didn't know what was authentic because I had all these files in my brain that was like I hate myself you're fat, you're ugly, no one's ever going to love you, yada, yada, whatever it is, you're bad at living, you know, whatever it is. I had all these bad thoughts going through my mind and I couldn't find something because you can put fake positivity on anything. You can be like, oh, um, 
you're so lovely today, go girl. But if it's not authentic, if it's not authentic to you, then it's not going to stick. Yeah. You know? So those negative thoughts you've developed over a long time are authentic. But you need to change it to something that is authentic as well. Otherwise, it's not going to stick. So just the first step is just realizing it. Like, wow, I'm actually really tough on myself. Like, I'm a bitch to myself. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with me? That is a negative thought in itself. But it's that realization like, wow, yeah. it's I'm actually really bad to me. Yeah. I'm actually my enemy. Yeah. You know, that is a really big realization. And that is a small realization that you can go forward from. Yeah. No, and I agree with you completely. So just to recap in conclusion of of depression and how to deal with it and how we were able to cope with it is um, number one, um, find something that you enjoy and you love doing, do that. Okay, it really helps just to um, get you going. Do that thing. Yeah, it, it really helps us to get you going. Um, number two is be honest with yourself, okay? Um, number three is speak yeah. kindly of yourself right um number four is well i mean even if you can't like just try just try try one thing try like because a lot of people help, struggle to be kind to themselves a lot of people do so please just start small like y you can just say like wow i've got like really nice eyelashes or i'm really good at math or whatever the case is but if you're going to try kindness just make it authentic yeah of course absolutely number four would be to eliminate negative people from your circle who bring you down and weigh you down and drain you because that is not good for your mental health either toxic behavior toxic behavior toxic thoughts yeah. they bring toxic behavior toxic thoughts um they pretty much weigh you down instead of helping you or supporting you in being a better person um, there can be people that can be yeah. that can be honest with you and that that constructive criticism can lead to you being a better person but there can be people out there who can bring you down as well if it is that um, that negative element is really close within your circle distance yourself from it you don't have to cut them out completely you can just distance, distance yourself from it to a point yeah. whereby you know that they're safe enough being that far from your circle and not too close to your circle yeah. So those are the four things that we're going to be leaving you with in conclusion. Uh, Claire, do you have anything to say before we leave the, yes. the, the audience that we have? Um, I don't know. I think the most important thing is if you need help, get it. And it doesn't have to be professional help. You can seek out the help of a sibling or of a friend. You can seek out the help of your pastor. Yeah. But if you need help... The thing is, if you're drowning, you can't undrown yourself. Yeah. So you need to grab onto somebody's hand, and it, it can be your dog, for all I care, just yeah. or your cat or your pigeon. I don't know what pet you have, but <laughs> just get help. Just reach out. You'd be surprised at who's willing to hold on. Yeah. But just reach out. Yeah. And uh, one more thing as well is that in conclusion as well, I'm not going to like start a new topic with this, but um, like us as guys, and I, and I know this because I'm speaking from experience here, because I did mention that there are times where I feel misguided, lonely, um, like in need of a helping hand or whatever, yeah. you know, and um, I'll, I'll keep it to myself 
because that's just usually how I'm wired, you know. Um, I'm just wired that way, you know, based on my own personal experiences, which have nothing to do with the people in my life that support me and love me. It's got nothing to do with them. It's just how I'm wired. Um, and a lot of the time, I just keep it bottled up and I just don't want to talk to anybody and I just don't want to be around anybody. Um, and it would actually lead to more negative experiences. So um, for those who feel like I do, mostly it's men, you know, because we, we usually, we, we have yeah. this negative, um, we have this negative outlook on men who are vulnerable. Masculinity. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if, if it is that you are vulnerable and you feel like you, you put yourself out there, you get mocked for it and uh it, it doesn't have to be that way if it is that you you find comfort in yeah in opening up to the i don't know dude like just to your girlfriend or to to a brother or whatever the case may be opening up to your mom opening up to your dad mm-hmm. or if you feel opening up to who or if you feel is, like you've got nobody sure to safe. open up to dude like you, you gotta find a way to deal with it to cope with it um yeah. what what helps in my sense is that I know that nothing lasts forever, you know, and I came to this realization, you know, like at work, um, you know, being around my boss, uh, like there'll be times whereby like my actions would make him incredibly angry or incredibly happy and then he'll get over it. You know, I could make him a lot of money today. I know that tomorrow he'll get over it. I know (laughs) I could, I could, I could (laughs) fuck up incredibly what a nice boss no I could fuck up incredibly and he could he could let me know about it but he'll get over that too and um, you know yeah. it that gives me the comfort in knowing that like I won't feel like shit forever if it is that I just make an effort yeah. you know because at the end of the day my own effort uh, determines my own latitude whatever the case may be attitude determines your latitude um, so with that said Okay, so leave us any comments. If you, it will be in the description. If you can't leave us comments, then email us. We'll be reading the emails. We'll be reading all the comments. We really want to know what you guys want and what you guys want us to talk about next and what you guys thought about this podcast. Um, Also, one of the subjects that we wanted to talk about next was education, specifically the University of Pretoria versus 20 University of Technology. Uh, we both come from Tony University of Technology and I finished my degree at um, the University of Victoria so we really it's something that we are very interested in so let us know if that's what you want us to talk about but any other topic suggestions are welcome but anyway this is a wrap up from our style so remember to stay deep and stay you